This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. I'm really quite fascinated by this topic of conversation about reality testing, right? Reality testing the situation in your own mind, your outlook, your thoughts. Um, and it helps you overcome cognitive biases that may be holding you back. For example, uh, a person who fails at a job interview, that person may imagine they will fail then at all other job interviews because they're underqualified or not good enough based on that one experience. But through reality testing, that person could discover that this negative assumption isn't based or grounded in reality at all. And one failure does not automatically mean that you'll fail uh, at all job interviews, that you'll never get a job or that things won't get better. So let's talk a little bit about reality testing, how to determine whether your thoughts are grounded in reality and, uh, you know, who can support you in that journey. On the line with us, we have therapist, researcher and mental health communicator, good friend to our show, Nzamu Munga. Hi Nzamu, it's good to talk to you. Hi, Pavi. Good to talk to you as well. Yeah, so let's talk about this. I mean, I think that very, very often through an experience, an input, so it could be a comment or, you know, how we were raised, we start to have cognitive biases about ourselves, about others, um, and that clouds how we make decisions or think so what are some of the impacts and inputs, rather, that give us this out-of-reality thinking? So there's quite a lot, right? Anything can be an input, as mm. you rightly put it. You know, an interview, failing at an interview could be an input. Or passing an interview could be an input, mm. right? So <laughs> it could be fit, like like grandiosity is a form of uh, of delusion that we've spoken about before that comes from a lot of times one moment of success and somebody can come up with a conclusion that they're fantastic, they're brilliant, they're mm. everything, they'll never fail at anything, right? And they might be thinking that I'm smart and therefore I don't have to work very hard. If I do, it, it's, a, it's almost pointing to the fact that I'm not smart. So... Anything can be an input. Any experience can be an input. So just to mention something there that, mm. you know, reality testing is hard work. And because it is hard work, keeping our feet grounded on the ground is hard work. Keeping our minds thinking right, computing more complex information is hard work. Our minds don't want to work very hard. Our <laughs> minds come up with shortcuts, right? And, and usually all these other things that we think about are shortcuts, a way in which our, our mind, our brain is trying to conserve the use of energy by always holding complexity. So those are simplified explanations of otherwise complex realities, right? So mm. anything can be an input. I think that that's so interesting. Our, our minds, yes, can deal with complexity, but the preference is what? A, 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 a simple conclusion. 
Yeah. So it comes up. <laughs> we come up with simple conclusions mm. because they're easier. They're easier to handle, right? So you know, we don't have to think too much. And and for those of us that consume news, uh, that always comes to us, right? The people who consume news with the clickbait, you know, the yeah. uh, people prey. People prey on our our tendency for for the simple. Uh, and, and, and yeah, the very simplified reality. Mm, mm. I think that that's very, very interesting. Okay, so if we are then going to talk about reality testing, let's talk about evidence-based thoughts and those influenced by subjective biases and how we can tell them apart. Yeah, so uh, the the first principle when it comes to reality testing is complexity welcome complexity let's let's we start from there so one has to begin by saying well whatever it is that i may be experiencing now whatever it is i'm going through whatever it is that i'm facing at the moment is far more complex than i can see so right from there from perception from encounter from 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 the the relationships that we are establishing, but there's there's a lot more complexity happening here. Mm. So that's the first point, and, and then, and actually this is the work. A lot of the work of therapy, when when we sit with a person, a lot of the work is reality testing. You know, when somebody is feeling totally rejected by one encounter, when when they're sitting on a bus and somebody came and told them to stand up. And then they feel that the, the whole world is against them, yeah. right? So now you have to work with that person and expand their their view of that particular experience. And you start inviting them to see what else might have been happening in that particular encounter. Maybe there was an elderly person that required assistance. Or maybe, maybe there was something else that was going on that, that may have invited other people to to ask you to to give up your seat. So there may be other things that are influencing that simple act. Mm -hmm. And so because of this lens and these inputs, as we've named them in this conversation, that we have, we start drawing conclusions about what's actually happening that might not be grounded in reality. All right, so you've mentioned therapy, but can we talk a little bit about mindfulness techniques? Can that support the process of reality testing? A lot. It does support uh, reality testing because it reminds us to stay in the present moment. It, it, it constantly causes us to stay here yeah. and not be in all minds and all places at the same time. Uh, because because it's the... It's the <laughs> It is the scattered mind that causes all sorts of distortions of reality. Because what we're talking about here are distortions of reality mm. that eventually b- lead to what some people would refer to as a stinky thinking, right? Mm. Uh, and um, and we start making all sorts of conclusions about self, about other people, about the environment, about everyone else. Because our minds are completely convoluted by th- that particular stinky thought. So mindfulness is a fantastic exercise to practice and practice it every day or 
regularly, you know, uh, you can practice it all throughout the day. Mm. It allows you to really sit, uh, to, to sit in this moment and be here uh, and probably contain all these other thoughts that may be and also helps us to open up to complexity. It's interesting when you talk about stinking thinking, I immediately believe that or, or think that there's always going to be some level of stinking thinking that creeps in. So, so it's a daily practice that one needs. And I wonder, similar to mindfulness, can we talk about emotional awareness? So when that thought then becomes the feeling um, or whichever way it goes, and some of you will tell me, not acting on it or not creating a core belief about it. Exactly. Uh, and usually it goes either way, right? It can start in a thought and it becomes a feeling. And then it can also start in a feeling and it becomes a thought. And yeah, it's, it's quite helpful to, first of all, slow everything down. And this is where mindfulness comes in. You know, just slow it down. Slow it down. Don't believe everything you feel. Don't believe everything you think. Right? Uh, slow it down. Open up to what more information there may be. You know, what, what information is missing here? You know, before I come up with any particular conclusion or before I act on something, what else, what else is missing? What am I not seeing here? And, and this is where researchers become very important. They're okay. always looking for data and clues. You know, what data am I missing here for me to have a complete piece before I come up with a conclusion? Yes, yes. It's interesting. You know, I think we'll all have moments where you almost let the story run away with you. And I think most rational people are able to kind of pull that back and jump back into, you know, normal, rational thinking. But tell me about, you know, the, the, the possible, whether it's mental health issues or if it's, you know, personality traits. We've met people who that is their way of being in Zamo, who just go overboard and have no real attachment to reality. What's that about? Yeah, there are some people where that becomes a mental health issue. So like schizophrenia is an example. Oh, yeah. You know, so somebody uh, is, is deluded and uh, complete, I mean, completely out of touch with reality. That's one of, one of the symptoms of schizophrenia. Right? And, and other mental health illnesses would have similar elements of being out of touch with reality and the, the deep depression can be that yes, right yes um, it, it can be that um, I've, I've lost i've lost touch with the reality principle right that so there's nothing good in the world anymore there's, there's nothing no good hope in, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah even even if i'm even if my favorite the cup of coffee is put in front of me. I was, mm. I will still believe that there's nothing good in the world. I might even attach a conspiracy to that. That you know mm. somebody is giving me this cup of coffee because of blah blah blah. Mm. Right. So, so there are also there are illnesses like that, and then there are also uh, ordinary day experience people who, out of lack of practice. 
out of lack of practice of the mindfulness we're talking about, the the practice of doing the inner work, you know, because these things require time, right? So these days people talk about emotional intelligence. We can talk about spiritual intelligence. We can talk about uh, personal intelligence, you know, self-awareness, all of those kinds of things that require a lot of time, not some time, all the time. Yes. But I continually check myself that or at any given time I'm steeped in reality. Uh, other relationships are very good at helping us to to, to kind of test uh, to test reality. They're fantastic. Right? Mm. So, in the case of being gaslit, for example, okay, you know, you know because gaslighting is a form of, uh, of of getting in touch, out of touch, rather, out of touch with reality. So, but this is usually happening because someone else is playing around with my sense of reality. So it can be very confusing when when somebody is, is being gaslit. Maybe you want to explain what gaslighting is, Nsama? So let's say, um, in terms of perception, an example that I would give is you're looking at you're looking at the robots, and you can see that the robots are red, mm. and somebody else tells you that the robots are green. Mm. You can see from where you are in your form, in your reality, you can see that the robots are red. Uh, Because someone else is insisting, either because of the differential of of power, the differentials of power, you start doubting your own reality. Mm. You know, you you literally start doubting your own reality and you start thinking that either there's something wrong with you that you cannot see clearly uh, and a lot of times you even start believing that there's something wrong with you that you cannot see clearly because somebody who is wiser, somebody who is more powerful, somebody who is more influential can see that it's green. So a yeah. cult leader, an abuser, um, yes. you know, a manipulator will try to distort your reality, your recollection of events or your outlook um, for their own agenda. That's very important to, 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 to note as a spot where reality testing is then incredibly important for survival. It is incredibly important for survival. This is where other relationships, having relationships that help you ground, relationships that are holding your back all the time, relationships with whom you can actually actively check whether what you are seeing is is as you see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The number to dial is zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. We're talking about reality testing, how to determine whether your thoughts are grounded in reality. Um, and let's get on that, right? So let us know a, a, a moment maybe where you've uh, looked at a scenario, whether really impactful, like a big scenario, or an example like in Samu made when you get on the bus or, and someone comes on after you and they ask you to stand up, do you immediately say, oh, it's because I'm a woman or it's because it's racism mm. or, you know, mm. um, without you know, really <laughs> opening your your perception that maybe there was someone in a wheelchair or oh, Gog or oh, Mama needed to sit down, whatever the case may be. 
or even a larger circumstance like, um, you know, being swept into some sort of cult or some sort of abusive uh, scenario, we'd love to hear from you on 0861987000. In those moments where you as the professional or me as the friend who somebody's phoning to say, can we can we check in on this reality? Can, can we see if this is, you know, what's going on? Mm. Where someone's mm. open to checking on their reality. How do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, it can be quite as casual as exactly the way you put it. Put it. Like, hey, uh, dude, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this and this is the way, this is the way I'm feeling about it. Mm. And I, um, am I nuts? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Am I going? Yeah. Am I overreacting? Whatever, right? yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Am I overreacting yeah. to this? Um, so it can be as, and usually, usually that's a very good way to go. You know, and just have somebody that you can call, and and a lot of, we do this a lot of times. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's some more than others. Mm. You know, when I'm when I'm in the in like the, the fiercest of anger. You know, I pick up a phone, a phone, and I I call somebody here, and I'm like, hey. Sometimes I might not even say that I'm, I'm I'm checking myself out, but I'm just pouring out and pouring out and pouring out, and then somebody who just will listen to me, and maybe if they're very attentive, they might ask me a few more questions. Yeah. You know, they might invite me to describe the situation a bit more. And this this is usually what happens uh, in some specific a skillful, attentive listener will try and help me expand the information that I'm letting in because we all have those favorite we have favorite explanations right to to com, to complex situations or even favorite favorite conclusions to difficult experiences, particularly those right so Sometimes we get looped into those without even being aware, and 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 a friend will help us to slow down, to pause, mm-hmm. to ask a bit more about what was happening, what what else was there, mm-hmm. you know? Because now I'm running with I'm I'm running with a single story, you know. What other pieces of information? What other stories were present when this was going on? And sometimes, some sometimes I might realize that actually, um, whatever it is that happened. I need, there is a part of me that needs to take responsibility. You know, so reality testing can also tell us what our responsibilities and duties are that we may have neglected. Now you're touching people on their studios because responsibility requires introspection, uh, humility. Mm. It, it requires a lot of things. Now you want. Yeah. I'm here in my delusion, and you're saying, "But what did you do here?" So, if somebody <laughs> isn't ready to have their reality tested, how do you go about that? Yeah, and um, unfortunately, there's very little one can do. You know, like all things to do with another person's autonomy. It's very, very difficult, apart from uh, probably just communicating empathy until they are ready to welcome the fuller story, until they are welcome to, uh, until they are ready to welcome the, that particular reality. Mm. You know, there's, there's very little one can do. You see, this, you see this on social media. I mean, I like to use social media quite a lot. Mm. People talk about 
people talk about these siloed forms of information and conversations that people are having. So there's a tendency of uh, people kind of splitting between those that are with me and those that are with the other group. So us versus them. There's nothing that the other crowd is going to say or share or do that I will agree with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and they, uh, whatever it is they say or do, they're going, almost in, inevitably going to trigger a reaction and usually an emotional reaction. And I'll be spewing out all kinds of vile towards them, mm. you know, without even slowing down and saying, yeah, uh, maybe, um, maybe there's something these guys are trying to say or communicate, right? And, and it continues then to, to split people, even at an interpersonal level. If, there's, if between two people you cannot see far more than what triggers your anger, what triggers your empathy, or what triggers whatever it is in your life, if you can't see more than that, very often is that the split is going to just go wider and wider. I love social media for exactly that reason. I love just what an interesting display of human behavior, belief. <laughs> I just, it's so fascinating to me. Um, and it often is uh, exactly what we feel and see in real life, but because it's right there in front of you as a microcosm, it's, it's more pronounced. It's very interesting. And Samu, let's speak to Raputi, who's called in from Attridgeville. Hi, Raputi. Good afternoon, Pavi, and good evening. What am I saying? Even good morning is fine. We don't mind. I'm a hell of a Good afternoon, my brother. my dear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's a brilliant topic. Brilliant topic. My song, ne? Sometimes it's about sharing instead of listening. Ne? Yeah, mm. and mm. then you, yeah, you, you'll hear what a person, but you are not listening, mm. which means you are not processing the information. Ne? Mm. And yeah. another thing, another thing, uh, where people get this thing, low self-esteem. Mm. Maybe, yeah, it happened from childhood, or uh, that's what I'm getting from listening to you. This is very insightful. I'm loving this topic so much. You see? So not listening to hear where the other person no, is no, coming from. No, you are from. hearing, but you are not listening. Sure. And then yeah, the the filter coming from low self-esteem is what you're Thank saying. You. It gives us that, yeah. Very yeah, interesting. Uh, because uh, sometimes you, uh, uh, you'll be interacting with someone from a different race from you. Okay. And mm. you don't get along about something. Mm. What's the first thing you're going to jump on? Racism. Ah, it's racist. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. racist. Oh, mm. now get to find out. I'm telling that person, no, 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 no. What? Need to understand. Where are you sure. coming mm. from? Yeah. Mm. Why am I feeling this way right mm. now? Mm. Mm. Does, that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's very profound. Yeah. 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 Why, why, am I, why am I feeling this way right now? Yeah. Mm. Maybe mm. I did not understand you, where you're coming from. I might have done something wrong uh, unconsciously, and then somebody calls me out because uh, they look different than me. I'm gonna take it another way. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure.
Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, okay. Rapiti. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank That's you. added so it's much to our conversation, Shab. And some of your thoughts there? Yeah. And, and like I was saying, that we all have these favorite simplified explanations of uh, how things are. And mm. some of these. Some of these may be born out of pain. Some some of these may have emerged. Like they, they might be as old as we are, mm-hmm. right? And, and and because we've never really questioned them or challenged them, mm-hmm. they become very easy access uh, form of explanations of whatever happens. Sure. You know. So we uh, and I think he's right there talking about one of those elements is is, is self esteem, a sense of self. Right, because sometimes, sometimes we might think that the world revolves around me, mm. right? And so, whatever happens, whatever someone else is doing in the environment, <laughs> somehow I can afford to make it about referring mm. to me, mm. right? You know, so people who are who have schizophrenia will be examples of that. Somebody's picking up the bean from outside. Uh, and they might be sitting in the house thinking that the person taking the bean is after them, sure. right? So you are in a meeting. You are in a meeting, and somebody looks a certain way. You're just sitting there. They might not even know you. Are, you are in the room. You you start making interpretations of their actions or reactions as referring to you. So by self-esteem or, or childhood, we could also be talking about a trauma response, right? Like if you yes, had to exactly. be hyper-vigilant in uh, an explosive home, then perhaps you carry that for the rest of your life. Mm, mm. Constantly surveilling the environment. Yeah. We are constantly surveilling the environment in reference to us. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think that's where we'll leave it. Uh, if there's a exercise or one question we can ask ourselves in Samu, I like to wrap up in that way, especially with conversations like this. If something rubs you up the wrong way, triggers you, if you're called out, what's one quick exercise to reality test? So one quick exercise is either you stop, plant your feet on the ground, and bring your attention to your breath. Mm. Just plant your feet on the ground and bring your feet and bring your attention to your breath as you slow everything down. It does the trick. Definitely does yeah. the trick. Starts or, or halts the uh, accelerated motion of thinking wild things. And Zamamunga, yeah. thank you very much for your time this afternoon. Thank you, Pavi. Always a joy. Wonderful. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.